own free will Then you want to go exploring You got to find some truth You can't stand one more day of Christians Shouting down at you You say you don't dig politics That never was your bag People who could run for office Wave their private Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete, and all around the surrounding areas. We hear people listen to us every single Sunday, and we thank you. We sure do. This is your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the 4th Estate crew, Lady Yumiko. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. It's I'm a well. nice, cloudy morning. It is. Maybe it'll clear up. No, I hope not. <laughs> really? Yeah, my car needs a wash. I hope it rains. So wow. Wow. I got to clean it anyway because <laughs> yes. it's, it's dirty and, I, you know, I don't ah. like a dirty car. So yes. I went and bought white wipes from Walgreens. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready to clean. Yeah. You don't feel like it today, right? What? I don't feel like what? Like, like oh. cleaning it? No, I, I am. I don't like a dirty car. It, it, it makes me itch. <laughs> people think I'm strange because they'll look at my think car. That's, I don't think that's strange. Do you but, think that's strange, Billy? No, she really does like a, a tight car. No, she people does. do because, look, when I took my car, the last time I took it to get the oil, the, the oil changed, they said, 
do you know that your your car is the cleanest we've seen? Because everybody else has, well, the women that bring it, they have like lipstick, all kind of food and all this. And then they get into my car and it's just sparkling clean. And they, they, they were surprised. <laughs> I said, I don't know why I keep it clean. I, I, I don't like a dirty car. What, what, do you, what do you want me to say? That's great. That's it a is. good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Mine's a mess. <laughs> I just, I'm just going to tell you like it is. Uh, yeah, a mess. It, it, it is. I, I've seen yeah. it. Thank you, bro. Why anybody, anybody asking for your opinion? Yeah, for me. Yeah. No, I, t- I, I told my coworker that too. She got <laughs> just threw me under the bus she on mad, that. She bro. got mad at me when I told her that her car was nasty, but it is. I'm sorry. Dang. I'm sorry. Yeah, duh. I'm sorry. I told the look. Uh, some people got to be told. Yeah, but, but and it, yeah, because I mean, she keeps her apartment clean, but she don't keep her car clean. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. Weird. No, my house, my house got to be clean. I got, I, yeah, now that's. It. That's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> That's a whole nother ball game. Oh yeah, I don't play that. Yeah. Well, my Billy, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good, good, good. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I just got over. I'm, I'm getting over. Um, the the damage that I did to my knee, right? To my to my right knee. And uh, from working out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I'm going. I'm being a good, a good boy, mm-hmm. taking care of myself, eating right. You know, losing some pounds. You know. Yeah. So I go to the gym, and you know, I'm not lifting heavy weights, y'all. No, I wasn't lifting heavy weights. I was in there doing my thing, mm-hmm. and I was doing, you know, a little burn. So and uh, light weights and. I felt this burn in the back of my knee, back of my leg, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for three days straight, everything, you know, everything was fine for about three days, right? Mm-hmm. I woke up one morning and I hit the floor. I was like, what is that about, right? So I got up and I tried to put, you know, like normal, got tried to get up and walk because I've been walking with my wife and we were just going at it. We were going, I mean, for three days straight, we were fine. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this thing happens, and I'm like, what just happened to my knee? What the hell, right? And I went um, for the rest of the week walking, you know, with a slight limp, slight limp, just thinking, you know, maybe it's just sore from whatever. I didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. It got progressively worse. Right. Now you said you lifted weights. Did you do squats with those weights? No. Oh, okay. No, not, not, I hadn't even gotten. I, I had not gotten to. I wasn't doing squats that day. Okay. I wasn't doing squats that day. I was doing hamstring pulls. Okay. Right. So, um, got to the got to the. Uh, 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 I was at the library, and I got up, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is bad. This is really bad." So, like I said, things got progressively worse with my knee. So I went. And I grabbed the crutches at the house, and I went, you know, I just went a couple more days. And then it got so unbearable that I had to drive myself to the hospital. I mean, to the point that when I got to the hospital, I literally almost passed out in the in the, um, in the the uh, parking lot. Mm. That's how bad it was, right? Yeah. Now, this is the part that leads me to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, 
I got to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, uh, I, I, I got out very slowly when I awakened. I, I literally I literally passed out. I, I was so, I was exhausted. And the pain was so almost unbearable mm-hmm. to the point that I literally, the pain just knocked me out. Right? Mm-hmm. So I got up. <clears throat> And I'm struggling, trying to get out of the car because I could not bend my knee, nothing, right? And I struggled, got out, pulled myself out of the car, grabbed the crutches, and tried to cross the street, right? So as I crossed to get to the emergency room. So I crossed the street to get to the emergency room. You know, usually in the emergency room, there's somebody there that sees you, right? They'll see if there's someone struggling, and they'll send somebody out, Yeah. right? I had nobody, nobody. There was this white lady that was there, and she was um, uh, smoking cigarette. <laughs> nice lady, very nice lady. She comes out and she says, "Sir, are you all right?" And she just—I mean, she's just cussing. She's mad. She's pissed. She just, she says, "Blah blah blah." blah. Uh, you know, nobody's out here to come help this man. Somebody, some, somebody, come help this man. And she went. She said, "Hold on a minute." So she helped me across the street, the rest of the way across the street, right? Mm-hmm. She runs inside the hospital. She's cussing everybody out, literally cussing everybody out, right? And grabs a chair. The wheelchair? A wheelchair. Okay. And makes me sit down in the wheelchair. Now, sitting down was really bad. It was really hard mm-hmm. because, of course, you know, you got to bend your, your knee, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the strain on one leg, you know, is it, bad enough. But it's like it was just horrible, right? Mm-hmm. So I got in the chair. She pushes me in. She's cussing all the way in. Her husband's with her. He's cussing. They're, I mean, they're cussing out the whole administration, right? <laughs> so they push me to the to the uh, to the front desk, and when I get to the front desk, there's this, there's a brother there at the front desk. He said, "Hey, you know, I'm so sorry, sir. You know, blah blah blah. You know, what um, what's your name?" So he takes all my stuff. Now, mind you, there are other people in the in the Emergency room. Mm-hmm. This lady pushed me in there and with such <laughs> with such passion and was cussing everybody out so badly, I guess, that they went ahead and put me and went in and put me in the line and put me right on in to the back. <laughs> now, I, unless unless you have a gunshot wound or something like that, yeah, you know, they usually don't do usually that. don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I was in such pain. But I, I probably could have waited, you know, it, it, you know, uh, on my own. I probably would have waited if she just said, if she just pushed the cherry and left me there and said, "Hey, listen, let me let me try to help you." That that was fine. What she did was fine too. Yeah. I ain't gonna play. Shout out to that lady. I, I wish I had gotten her name, but I was in so much pain, I didn't know. So anyway, got got inside. They put me to the back. Right when I got back there, uh, I waited forever. I waited forever for somebody to come and see me. They went to everybody else. I saw other people who had injuries that were that were because you can hear you can hear what some of the injuries are, mm-hmm. right? And I saw people come in and they were they saw them before they saw me. Now, mind you, so let's so let's let's get down to it. Okay, right, okay. I was the probably. Only, I was the second. There were two of us. There were two black people in the entire area, two, mm-hmm. and I was one of those two. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
the doctors, I don't, outside of the man who was at the front desk um, and maybe two orderlies, all the nurses were white, right? Mm-hmm. Um, doctors, same thing. Didn't see one black doctor in the entire hospital, right? Yeah. In the entire, in the entire emergency room. Mm-hmm. Um, not even a doctor of color, just straight up white, right? So I'm there, and I'm and I'm I'm wondering. I'm like, okay, can somebody come and let's see what's going on? You know, it, it's it's dark by now. How long did you wait? I waited literally for uh, probably about two plus hours. Really? Yeah. That long? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I said, "Well, damn. You know, can somebody come see me? I'm literally I'm in some serious pain mm-hmm. right at this point." Um, because I, I was in a comfortable spot. Yeah. I was trying not to move too much and aggravate it, and it got really bad, right? So as as so as it progressed, as, as the time progressed, somebody came in and came and saw me. And I'm like, well, damn. I, I said, well, uh, thank you, you know, very much. Can somebody tell me what, you know, what's going on? They're talking to me about, about uh, asking me questions and everything. And while they're doing this, they said, what we're going to do is we're going to do x-rays, and um, we're going to do a sonogram. I said, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. So they send somebody in, ultimately. They get there. About 30 minutes later, they're doing, my, they're doing a sonogram. So they do the sonogram, right? Mm-hmm. Lady's just as gentle as she wanted to be, and she's trying to find all the, all the um, uh, see if there, I have a blood clot in my leg or whatever it is. None of that, right? It's clear. So she goes and she says, okay, sir, I'm going to go. And, and, and while she's doing it, now, mind you, she has to go all the way up my thigh and <laughs> down my leg. And I said, lady, what's your name? So she told me her name. I, she, said, she said, "Why?" well, of course, you know, you want to do something like that anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, this lady's all the way up my thigh. You know, I at least want to know your name. Uh-huh. So <laughs> she told me her name, and she goes and does what she does, and we, we carry on, right? So, about an hour and a half later, no, yeah, an hour and a half, two hours later, my brother comes in and the x-ray guy, the x-ray people come in. Two ladies come in, two white ladies. They grab my leg. One of them grabs my leg, right? And they bring the x-ray machine in. She grabs my leg and she's moving my leg all around. I'm like, lady, hey, whoa, hey, can you take it easy, please? I mean, it's my knee. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to keep my knee, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And she's just moving my leg around. And she asked, now there are two ladies, the x-ray machine, right? One's cracking jokes. The other one's brutalizing me. So while this is going on, I don't have a pain pill. I have nothing to, to kill the pain, nothing, yeah. right? She, the other lady grabs, the, grabs my, my hand. And she's telling jokes while the other lady's grabbing my knee. Now, she doesn't have to do this, right? She grabs my knee, and she's throwing around, like, moving around all hard and everything. I'm like, man, take it easy, right? So the, so the, the lady who's moving my leg around, who's shooting the x-rays, is telling me, the patient, to hold the damn tray. Why am I holding the damn x-ray tray? And there are two people, one's telling jokes, and the other one's brutalizing my knee. What's going on here, right? Yeah. So it brought to mind that, that so so carry on. I could go I could go on and on and on with everything that happened. Down the line with I mean it was horrible. 
It was a horrible experience. I didn't get out of there till late. I'm talking about late, late. When I got there, it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. When I left, it was like almost midnight. Seriously? Yes. Wow. Yes. And there was no MRI machine there. There's no MRI machine there, according to what they said, right? So there's no way to know whether I tore any ligaments, nothing like that. They just come in there moving my knee around, right? And I'm like, man, this is this is highly irregular. You know, nobody does that. Not the way they were doing. They were just brutalizing me, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it brought to mind um, the, I, the the concept of how um, how black people are treated when we go into hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. And it is there's a long history of how we were brutalized and in many cases even killed in the course of what they call treatment, right? Yeah. Or, let's take it back even further, uh, in the course of discovering, of, of doing discovery of medical procedures, people got killed. People were, were killed. The experiments on black women especially. This especially happened with black women. Um, when we talk about J. Marion uh, Sims, who they call the father of gynecology, this guy, I mean, tortured people, tortured black women. Now, of course, you know, it doesn't, doesn't excuse the, f- I mean, they were slaves. Yeah, but that, that doesn't excuse the fact that they were human beings. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, he, he sat there and he he basically could have killed him. I mean, what he did was was terrible. I'm sure you go back and you'll find that he probably did. And disposed of. And who, who cares? Who cares what happened with with the women? Who cares what happened with the men? I mean, there are, there are medical records and histories uh, of of this type of thing happening throughout throughout history with black people, especially. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um, and now mind you, I know this now, now I know, now mind you, I'm not apologizing for what I'm saying at all. This, this happened, right? Um, I know that somebody's going to call in and say, well, it's happened to white people too. Yes, I'm, I'm aware of the fact that it happened to white people too. But it particularly, but in this particular instance, I'm specifically talking about the atrocities that were, that continue to happen specifically with black people. And what continues to happen to this day that leads to the disparities that we're seeing right now in medical care for black people. Yeah. And, and, then, and then it carries on into um, this thing where we look at how our medical professionals are treated, right? Which minimizes the numbers of black professionals who are doctors, pharmacists, um, nurses, and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they it might look like we have you know this large number of people who are black people who are in the profession when the reality of it is it's a smaller number than what we think right right uh-huh. and 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 then when we talk about the issue of this thing of 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 how we react to it mobili we talking about reactions where we feel, I don't know why it is we feel this need to apologize for being mistreated. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, there's this thing, this thing where, and I call it a phenomenon because I'm, I, because I'm blown by the fact that we feel the need to apologize for how we, you know, for how we're treated when it's brought to our attention that, oh, when, when somebody comes up and says, oh, well, you know, um, it wasn't that bad or that's bullcrap. Wasn't that bad? That's not how you feel. You're not apologizing, right? Like, like, like. Okay, so I go in with, and I'll give you a perfect example of it. I, I watched a TV show, and and it, it actually um, is the reason why I went to get this uh, to get this degree in the second degree in epidemiology, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this lady walk into the hospital who's in extreme, excruciating pain because she says she has sickle cell. Now, because of, uh, in appearance, she looked like she was white, right? Mm-hmm. When in reality, she was black. And she kept telling them, I'm not, I'm not white, I'm black. Because they were doing, you know, doing the, the thing, the paperwork, and she, the people said, get out of here, you're lying. Where was this? This was this was on. No, this wasn't real life. This was actually a, a okay. TV show. Well, which hospital but, did you go to? Well, uh, this was in um, Wesley Chapel. Okay, this is in Wesley Chapel. I, I noticed there is a group. There's a group that's been grading hospitals called the Leapfrog Group, and I'm just looking at the 2022 safety grades, <laughs> and I was just wondering which hospital you went to to see where it fell. Advent. Um, I'll tell you right now where it was. Advent. Really? Yep. I'm surprised that Avon Health. I was. They, it was horrible. Because they're supposed to be one of the one of the best. I was hospitals. so mad with them. I was so mad. I was From so. What angry. I can see, Advent is falling under the A grades. <laughs> I was so angry but about what happened. Place which Advent? Because there's a lot of them. Um, you were in Wesley Chapel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks yeah, like I mean, it has an A grade. Advent Health, Wesley Chapel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, hospitals have changed. I mean, uh, especially since COVID, you know, and I don't work in a hospital, but I work in healthcare, but I work in a nursing home. And uh, it it has definitely changed significantly in the last couple of years, Um, you you know, because a lot of the, the people that I work with, they're tired because there are some of them are, are doing doubles. Like they're working 12, 16 hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. When they come over there, you know, there's just all this stuff that they have to do. And then, you know, we're short staffed. And then, you know, it's, it's a big it, problem is the yeah, shortages. The pay, the pay shortages. sometimes mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. well. Like it's just, and, and they have been hiring. I mean, so many people that I, that I work with have quit and they're bringing in these new people. And then these new people come in. And I get calls because I'm at the I'm at the front desk, so I get these calls all the time from these family members complaining that, you know, the, the their their loved one is pressing the call light. Nobody's coming back there. Some of them are laying in their own pee. I mean, it, it's yeah. some of them aren't getting fed on time. It's really bad. Like it's, and and I'm helpless because I I'm just at the front desk, you know. And so they're taking their anger out on me. 
And yeah, then I'm having to get it. Yeah, you're you know, get it. And I'm having to, you oh, know, man. try to re- reassess the situation. It's hard. Like it's the, the healthcare field in general is just it's it's stressful. And I've been in it for four and a half years, and it is yeah. a stressful and environment this for is sure. Probably what we mean by overwhelmed hospitals. I mean, this is a yeah. pandemic problem, and now we have a triple demic, and yeah. now we're wondering whether or not doctors are even trained in the fields that they, especially in the emergency rooms. Right. You know, that's part of what they're graded on, whether they're not just qualified nurses, is the ranking also includes whether doctors and intensive care units are especially trained for that role. Right. So right. I think people are being utilized across the hospitals to make up for staff shortages and and patients can suffer and you know in a capitalist society it oh. you know if you're not insured or if you're not fully medicare <laughs> then you're probably gonna get less care yeah. well and the thing is no one can really train you i mean look i got training on being at the front desk but nobody can really train you for that kind of stuff. I mean, because you have so many things thrown at you. I've had so many situations thrown at me that I didn't know how to handle it. I just did the best I could because, again, I'm limited. I'm at the front desk. I'm not a CNA. I'm not an RN. I'm not a, an occupational and a physical therapist. Right. So when I get these calls... For, like, Why are you getting it, right? You know, like, yeah, like last night I got a call from this man... And he said, yeah, my mom just called me and told me that she hasn't been fed. And it was around 7, almost 7.30. She's like, he's like, why is that? I, I want to talk to your supervisor. And I said, uh, I said, okay, let me find the supervisor. Hold on. So I called the supervisor and I asked. And he said he was busy pa- passing out meds. I needed to call West Wing. So I called West Wing. I told them, call me. Did the uh, the intercom and then they called me and I said I just had a family a family member call and say that their their mother wasn't fed is that true and they said no we we, we just we are just now feeding them uh, we we were late and so I you know I gave the number and told them to call but yeah stuff like that I'm always having to be put into these uh these situations yeah yeah I I, I get. I get the short staffed issue. Mm-hmm. I get it. We, yeah. <laughs> but how you treat people when you when they when they you know yeah when you're working on it, man. It's like I'm like, no, nah, man. That's that's not. Yeah, it is. That's that's, that's inexcusable. Excuse. That's right. inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the damage that it could have done beyond what was already there. Yeah. You know, w- w- could have could have been re- irreversible. Well, you know, in another situation, another problem I've noticed that the, these these nursing homes and hospitals, assisted living, whatever, they hire these people, and some of them should not be working in that type of environment. At all. Uh, they you don't know, have the bedside manner. The, they the, don't, the, no. and then some of them, you know, they, like at my job, they some of them take too many breaks, or they're on their phone, or they're listening to music, oh, or no. some of them ignore oh, the, the no. call lights. Like, they do all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, uh... And I and it, they do it at hospitals too because they're so overwhelmed with working that we have to deal with so many different personalities. That's another thing on the end of it. You you're dealing with so many different personalities, and and it is it's it's uh it's hard. It really yeah. is hard yeah. to see people think that what I do is so easy. No, because they think I'm just sitting at the desk. I'm not just sitting at the desk. I'm I'm dealing with a lot. So yeah, and, and, and so so. So let me let me just put this in perspective, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. So 
it brought to mind the, the the thought of what was happening brought to my in my experience brought to mind several things one is how we're treated overall yeah right um and like the the brutality of of things that that happened to us historically right mm-hmm. and how it is that that we internalize these things right and there's this concept of um and, and that's from, from the hospitals and 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 the healthcare industry that's from everything i mean just our entire history has been brutal brutality right now mind you this this is what happened to me <coughs> is nothing in comparison absolutely nothing yeah right mm-hmm. it just it just kind of flipped a switch to make me think and I was trying to figure. I've been figuring out for, for a while, for you know, a couple of months since all this stuff happened, and just trying to think, how can I talk about this, right? Yeah. So I could talk about this from one perspective from the medical industry, but then I want to talk about it from the from the from the point of view of the brutality that we've experienced historically, right? And the concept of um, mental health and how, how it affects us. Through what they call, um, gosh, post-traumatic slave syndrome, okay. right? Which was a concept. It's, it's a type of post-traumatic stress disorder, and the concept is that through the impacts of things that have happened to us historically, um, this somehow genetically has been passed down. There are those who believe it. There are those who don't. I, I want to know from you guys. What do you think? I want to know from everybody. 813-239-9663. I want to know from everybody. What do you think about the concept of the ability to pay, or, or not the ability, but the, the phenomenon of the post-traumatic stress disorder um, or post-traumatic slave disorder being passed down? And that, that's a terminology that was pretty much coined by Dr. Joy DeGry. Um well, we do have a lot of calls. Yeah, so. it's a lot of them now. Yeah. So we're going to get to them in a minute. But I, I just wanted to want to talk about it because, you know, even with the brutality that goes on, for some reason we magically feel that we need to um, be conciliatory about it. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't feel the need to be conciliatory or, or to be the, the, the one that has to that has to say, well, it's all right. <laughs> After you just bust me upside my head. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I really don't. And while I know, it, it, you know, while we talk about it and somebody says, well, that happened a long time ago. No, 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 no. It's still happening. Yeah. And it happens in different ways. It does. And it, and, it, and it triggers a response. It triggers a response, which is why it is that the syndrome was coined, why this whole thing has been coined, why this concept has been coined, uh, and the concept has been pushed uh, in, in the psychological world that says that we, black folks, have this thing where we can, where we transfer genetically the post-trauma or, or the trauma of the prior 
uh, of, of the ancestor, whomever it was, whether it's whether it's an immediate like a, a father or grandfather or great grandfather. So if you bust my great grandfather upside his head every day for you know all of his life, and then the and, and that's all he knows, and then the it, it affects him obviously, right? Then somehow that trauma, that psychological trauma, is passed down to his son, your daddy, or your or your granddaddy, or whomever it is, and on down on down to you, right? Yeah. If all you know as a woman is being beaten, raped, you know, your children taken from you, and your husband being you know, taken from you, so you have no man in the home. And you, it, the psychology, the psychology of that is to do what is to act on that, right? Survival techniques. Yeah. So if 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 as a my mother wrote this, in, my mother wrote this manuscript for a book, and in the book, she describes actually the the um the discussion that was held with an ancestor of ours between. Between her and um, the discussion, and, and her daughter, where she's training her to accept being raped. Did, did, did you hear what I just said? Yeah. That's a very unique and horrific type of thing and disgusting, but it had to happen because it was inevitable that that's what was going to happen. Well, so so what happens if generation after generation that's what you that's what you know that's what you think that's what you feel what's gonna happen yeah. is that passed down so I, I want to know is that what you think I mean do, do you follow that that line of thinking um if not that's fine uh, why not you know what? I want to hear from you this morning. 813-239-9663. Let's go to the phone lines. All right. Caller, you're on the Sunday Forum. Hey, good morning. Um, hey, man, good morning. What's going on? Hey, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you talked about this. Uh, the views expressed by the caller do not necessarily reflect Sunday Forum, Walter L. Smith, Mobili, Missy Miko. Um, I take dialysis. Okay, Ms. Miko would, would know about that being in the medical industry. Yeah. I take uh, dialysis, and I go to uh, a dialysis center since you said something by Advent. This is uh, DeVita. Mm -hmm. This is DeVita. And this particular DeVita is in Ybor City. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the people who are in there are black. Mm -hmm. And you have some that are Latino. Mm -hmm. You had some that are, are white. Uh, with this particular DeVita, let me say something about me, and I'm not going to mention my name. Because of, here's something else we all know about this slapback. Mm -hmm. Don't say it, don't happen. Yeah, it doesn't mm -hmm. happen. Even with a patient, that'll tell you how stink that is. Um, uh, I was home dealing with some issues like we all deal with issues. I get a phone call said if I'm the Vita, that my AKF funding is going to be terminated because they had not received the proper uh, papers. I wasn't speaking to a human being. This was a pre-recorded voice. And I called back and gave my information to call me back. I don't know if that was a scam. 
Because if if that was from DeVita, what would they have to do with AKF funding like this? It should have been from the American Kidney Fund themselves that they had not received anything. And also, why are you calling me instead of my social worker? So I tried to, here we go, call in to um, my, that DeVita. Call the phone. The phone rang and then click. Okay. Called again. Rang, click. I'm saying, what's going on? Called again, click. Called again, click. So I said, let me call out to another Davida in another region, city next mm-hmm. to uh, Tampa, going east. And I know the young lady that's out there. She's a dietitian, and began to tell her stuff. She she's like, she used to be at the Davida that I was down in Ybor City. And she said, you can call me anytime. Call me anytime, tell me anything. And so I did. And he said, what's going on? And, and I told her what my situation is, like I just explained. And long story short, she got the social worker that was there to look into stuff. And they said that they were going to email the center's director where I'm at. Here's the other story. Not only is she the, the director at Ybor City, they they got her going around. She's working at two other Davidas. So it's like she's not there all the time. The person who's supposed to be the social worker who handles that stuff, um, come to find out, for two months, he went out for surgery. He didn't even bother to... They didn't even bother to have a replay, temporary replacement Jeez. for him to handle stuff like this. Walter, you said something about, listen at this, you said the medical industry is an industry. So, and various stuff, yeah, that happens everywhere. Black, white, you know, whatever. Yeah. She got back to me and said, oh, no, we checked on it, um, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. Um you are covered. You are covered until February of next next year. And then recently, just a few days, when I was taking my dialysis a few days ago, uh, she comes in and she tells me, "Why? well, why did you have to call at another Davida to do whatever? Because basically, number one, nobody would answer the phone here, whatever they were doing, hung up on me four straight times. I want y'all to hear that. Mm-hmm. And number two, you were not around. And then it was kind of like a CYA thing. Well, you don't have to call nowhere else. You can always contact me and do whatever. But that shouldn't be your job. Mm-hmm. That should have been delegated to the social worker who handles that. Which, right. by the way, there was no replacement that was brought in uh, to do that. Right. And the person who's the dietitian there, she's just brand new trying to get her sea legs. And the, per- and the other person who's the receptionist, she's kind of new, too. She's the one who hung up on me four straight times. Yeah. Let that one sink in. Yeah. And so I'm the patient. You know, I, I still want to know, how come nobody checked on, you know, my AKF, American Kidney Fund, funding? You know what's going on? Uh, you got people there who don't know how to stick people and dialyze people. It's kind of like a toy. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, so I, I understand what you mean. Let me get to the second point so I can get off of here. 
why do we act that, that, that way? Because we as black people, African-Americans, whatever you want to call yourself, African, whatever like that, it's been passed down for centuries, decades, decades and centuries. You know, there is a conservatism within black communities. Now, when I say that term, don't think about Republican, you know, and all this kind of... No, right, no, this is not political. No, yeah, this is not political at all. Right. This isn't, this isn't right. no, this isn't politicized. Right. You don't really get these, these terms. Um, we have a, a strong, for the most of us, a strong belief in Jesus Christ and Christianity. I, you know, I always say, and I am, I am a Christian. But a lot of people have a misunderstanding about these quotations and scriptures. Like, if someone slaps you on the left cheek, turn the other. <laughs> Don't understand that. Or, <laughs> or, you know, if someone asks you to carry this load for a mile, go two. Right. And the, but you don't really know the, the, the emphasis behind that and the teaching behind that. So down the centuries, we have gone this way and with bad teaching, with a bad understanding about what those scriptures meant and why Christ has said those things, we don't understand that. So we, we get treated a certain way and we treat it bad. Oh, well, that's, I guess that's just my lot in life because I'm black and I want to please the Lord and this and that and this right, and that. Right. You, don't un, you don't understand. No, mm. you were supposed to be treated like a human being. But a lot of times, yeah, that ain't, ain't going to happen. But back to the medical industry, there, yes, there is a problem. And Miss Mika, you hit it right on the head. Some of these folks, they ain't got no business canalizing people. Some of them don't need to be working for the dietary services in hospitals and stuff. Because, like, if whatever, you sick or whatever. I've been in hospitals. Uh, early in the morning, bringing your breakfast, they're going to get that stuff and put it right there in front of you because they got to move on. Yeah. Right. And if you don't eat it, Too bad. you're supposed to be able to, if you request, come and heat it up with microwave. Okay. But they don't do it. Like, guess what? My mom is in the hospital, by the way. She's in an advent. When, used to be University Community Hospital, and they brought her, she ate her breakfast, but when I got it to see her, they brought her lunch. She was curled up in there because it's freezing in there. Mr. Amigo would understand this. Yeah. Uh, because of diseases, they have to keep it cold. Mm -hmm. It was cold in there, just like it is in a dial, dialysis center. Okay? And she hadn't touched any of her lunch or whatever. It's just sitting there. So I had to tell, you know, the attendance or whatever, y'all can take the food away. She hasn't touched anything like that. They're getting ready to try to put her out of there. Didn't have any leads on her for the person, the nurse at the desk to be monitoring her. No blood pressure cuff, you know, in case anything happens. They just want to get her and get her out of there because they need that bed. But that industry is very sorry. And I'm very suspect of the grading Mobili, that that's going on. Um, we've told they don't want to go to Tampa General. I love Tampa General, but Tampa General is packed. You know why? Because everybody hears the commercials and hears everything yep. that they are the number one hospital mm -hmm. in Tampa in in the state. And for the most part, they are true. I've had you know a graft put in into my arm so I can take my dialysis. Right. Tampa General, when they get around to doing that stuff, Walter, they get they own it. They will do it. 
They're not like uh, St. Joe's. Uh, I hate to say, God, people do not go to Memorial. Remember what I first said in my disclaimer. Don't y'all be calling in here in the business office at WMNF on Monday. Uh, well, won't the fear this? You know who you are, Trump supporters. Trump. <laughs> yeah, show moved off the air. Yeah, Simon, who lives in Lakeland. Oh. Why don't you deal with Lakeland Regional and Watson Clinic? Do do that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, I'm blowing it up. Blowing it up. Spoken <laughs> talk. All right. Yeah, but you are absolutely right. It is an industry like other things, too. It, it's bad. I also wanted to say this before I go socially. I feel like I want to be a member of the fourth estate. <laughs> Tico just recently raised its rate hike. They got a, approval Brother. from the state to raise its rate. Brother, Saturday. Why they're raising their rates? Because many people dealing with legitimate, not scams, legitimate solar companies are getting solar. So the monies that they used to get from those people, they ain't getting it no more. So they hitting the rest of us. Let, let, let me, let me tell you. Shortfall. Let me tell you, D, Let me tell you. Show up Saturday. Show up Saturday to the think tank. You better hear him, y'all. Show up Saturday to the think yeah. tank. I, uh, I'm going to tell you. Nine tell to you. three. Nine to three. We're I'm making policy. We're not, we're not driving around. Nine to three. Right. Saturday at 1240 Ray Charles Boulevard. Show up. Yeah, Show I'm up. I'm going to tell you, I'm not able to come. I'm not being here. Send some people, I send vote. some people with you. And I we vote. and we're going to be doing it virtually. So Right. Nope. I, I vote, but I'm, 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 I'm legally blind. I can't really get around like I want to, whatever like that. But you guys better listen at this. We don't live in a bubble. And no, it's not them. White folk? No, it's just them. And that's what them black people, they always, he always complain about. No, it's you too. We all in the same boat. Something going to happen to you, you're going to have to go to an emergency room somewhere too, and you're going to see it. I've experienced the same thing going to a hospital. Yeah, yeah. Went there at 7 p.m. I didn't get out of there to almost... 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm telling you, man. Well, listen, we got, we okay, got, got it. To go. I'll we, let you go. All right, man. Yo, thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, we'll take this last call. Caller, you on the Sunday Forum. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on? Hey, Walter. I'm glad you came out of that all right, man. I was listening to you this morning, and I wanted to call you then and right there to talk to you. So that's been my thing, like I told you. I saw this at the VA hospital before I told you there was a black nurse in the emergency room and there was nobody in it um, except for me. And I went in there and she had to sign me in. Then I went to the back and took my book. I was like, hey, where are your nurses and all that? She said, I don't know. They just left when I came in. Everybody just said, I said, oh, no, I'm going to report this. And I did. So that's why you don't have any in your emergency room. That's why you don't have any in hospitals. Because they discriminate on them very bad, man. And it's sad to say that, but it's just a shame, man. And we should have our own. I was just telling somebody that. Why we don't have our own is a problem. And they just mistreat us because we don't have our own. I just went through a thing. I'll tell you this to get off the line. It's funny that you were talking about the knee. My left knee has gouty arthritis in it. Mm -hmm. And I had a torn meniscus. I went to the VA hospital with it like that. They told me it was just sprained and to go home. 
I said, move my knee, man. My knee uh-huh. kept me up all night, jumping on me and all this. I said, uh-uh, this is not a sprain. So I went to uh, St. Joseph's at the time. I said, I'm not going back there. I went over there, and they told me, oh, you tore your meniscus torn. It was in both knees. And they said, well, the doctor want to do surgery on both your knees. Dr. Darby, I'll tell you his name, but he's dead now. And Dr. Darby did my knee. He told me you couldn't leave the knee like that because of a torn meniscus. That's what his... He's an old guy by age, and he told me that. And I'm, I'm sure he didn't do the surgery because when they put you under, you'd be on a little gurney, and the people talking to you was a nurse, white lady, and she just said, count the backwards, and I was sleeping, and I woke up, I was still counting, and they was looking at her face. I never saw Dr. Dante that day. So he talked to me later. I went in for the checkout, and he said, your left knee is, is great. He said, it's going to be good. Man, I went, and I tried to walk on my knee. After about two or three weeks, my knee was wobbling like a bad tie. All that. I kept going through that mess with him. And finally, when I went through Social Security, Social Security checked it. And it's one of the reasons I got Social Security because they say, your knee is no good. That left knee there is no good. Oh. I said, what? I just dude told me my knee was good and all this. And I was asking somebody about this. Oh, he's dead now. So I was like, oh, well. So, uh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. And check this out now. The VA just gave me a zero rating for that same knee, dude. A zero, somebody has, zero means you don't have nothing wrong. And I have gout in it and all. They told me to rate me for the gout. They didn't rate me for anything. They just gave me a zero. And that's how they do you over the regional on VA. It, I don't even think it has anything to do with color. They're just very nasty. They're very nasty. Right. And then they right. just minimize any injuries you got. They go to minimize. Because what they think is every veteran is out there. That's, they, that's what they told me that day. I came with my niece. Like, oh, you just trying to get some money. I was like, I ain't trying to get no damn money. I want my knee fixed. I want my knee. And since then, they told me, we want to take them out. We'll give you some replacement. I said, no, you're not taking my damn knees out. Right, right. That's the guy. Listen, the guy told the guy told me he wanted to do a knee replacement. I was a knee replacement. What do you do? We don't even have. What do you tell about a knee replacement? I'm not even. What what are we talking about? I'm not even at the age. They showed me the X-ray, and I'm looking at the X-ray, the same X-ray he's looking at. I went to another doctor. He's like, "What is, what is this guy talking about? Knee replacement?" That's right. That's right. You you got to be your own advocate. Is what I want to tell you. That you got to be. They they finally say, "Well, Mister Griffin, you just talking and raising hell. You better be your own advocate." So, like last time I went to uh, that like you were talking about, I got up and walked out because so my blood pressure was high. They say. And then I'm going to tell you what they did. And Mika might know about this. They checked my blood pressure with a coat on. Now, I know that's not the protocol. I'm like, wow. Hey, I let her do it. Then she goes, your blood pressure is 190 over uh, uh, 117. I'll be dead, see. So she said, like, no, you got to stay here. And I went in for something else. So I said, well, it was for my finger. I said, my finger came out. I want to get it uh, checked to see what's going on with my hand. And she said, no, we're not worried about your finger. Your blood pressure is out of control. So finally they came to the doctor. Dude came, little old guy, and he says, uh, yeah, I'm going to recommend you stay. We're going to watch you, give you some medicine, and they Jeez. want to put an ID. I never take IDs anymore. I'm like, no ID, because my cousin told me something. I'm going to share this with everybody. People don't realize this, Walt. They were going to put the saline solution in my arm with my blood pressure high. Okay, what does that do? Hello? Wow. Salt wow. on top of high? So they've been doing this. <laughs> it won't go Unbelievable, down. man. Unbelievable. Hey, Walt, it won't go down. We got to keep you. We got to give you dope. And they start shooting you up with medicine that costs thousands of dollars. Right. And stuff. Right. So you find up in there in a predicament 
If you don't watch out, that you're not supposed to be in. That day I left, and the lady goes, well, we're scared. We, you got to sign a paper say you're leaving on your own accord, and we're not responsible. I said, sure. And I signed it because she was sitting there eating a sandwich. I wanted to make sure you heard this. She was eating a sandwich in the ER talking to me like, I'm like, lady. Oh, lady. wow. Oh, Girl, wow. How can you sit here and eat a sandwich? Oh, wow. And then she just wasn't telling me you need to stay. You need to listen to the doctor. So I said, no, okay. I'm sound kind of kooky. I'm going um, home. So I told um, her, I said, if I don't die, I'll call you tomorrow. I, have to call I don't doubt. Wow. Wow. You know, and, and, and you know, Rod, thank you very much, man. Let me, let me tell you this. We got we got to get to these. We got a bunch of the calls, bro. I'm sorry about this. But listen, no and we're about to come up on NPR. You were very correct about this. We have got to be our own advocate. It, it, I mean, we're not. We don't ask enough questions. We don't make the doctors. This is, this is not just industry but it is a, it is a type of service industry it is a service industry they right, are they right. offer a service and in fact we need to be able to ask and not we need to force them to stand there and answer the questions that we need asked i'm i'm sorry if they're overbooked i really am but if i but if i, I and i understand it that if the person next to me, and I'm in pain, and the person next to me is asking questions, well, they deserve to be able to ask them questions. They really do. But for some reason, black folks do not ask these questions. We don't ask enough.